And for folks who don't know, the Free State Project is a movement of voluntary human action where we are trying to concentrate libertarians in the state of New Hampshire. I think we've got done uh, more in the last decade than every other libertarian movement combined has accomplished in the last five decades. Are my friends and my neighbors who are willing to stand against tyranny, make their voices hurt, and have a goddamn impact. The problem with too many people are afraid to say what they believe in, but it'll actually do something about it. If you're afraid to stand outside the TSA line and piss off 97% of people who are waiting just to take the arm building up their ass in five seconds, then you're probably not ever going to make the change. Free State Project, again, it's, it's 1% of the Free State League. I am a friend of the Free State Project. And would you encourage people to check and, it out? Absolutely. Check it out. Find out. If you like it, join us. Continue the effort. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, libertarians and anarchists, movers, natives, and those on your way, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Free State Live, where you get to hear about all the ways you can live free or die in the free state of New Hampshire. First and foremost, it's time to welcome back your lovable cast of characters. Myself, I'm Justin O'Donnell, former libertarian candidate for U.S. Senate and host of the O'Donnell for Liberty podcast. Joining me, as always, we got full steam activist and meme lord extraordinaire Bill Barger, a Westside native. How are you, Bill? What's happening? Good to see you guys. Or good to see you at least. <laughs> and, else. and joining us this week of Moms for Liberty and We Heart West, one of my favorite people in Manchester, New Hampshire, Mari Fontaine. Mari, Hi. thank you for joining us. How are you today? Good. Thanks for having me. So good we to got see a, you, Mari. <laughs> we got a great show for you guys. If we want to talk about how libertarians are actually getting out in their community and doing things to make a positive impact on not just other libertarians and free staters, but the city as a whole and making it better. But before we get into that, first things first, you know it, you love it, you've come to expect it, your weekly update. Two minutes, let's go. This week's weekly update is all about hysteria and outrage surrounding new variants of COVID-19. People of Earth. I am Lur of the planet Omicron Persei 8. The Omicron variant, the newest in the ongoing endemic of COVID-19, seems to be the most contagious and fastest spreading of the COVID-19 virus, while also being the least serious and least deadly incarnation yet. The major sports leagues have been struggling to continue competition with strict COVID protocols, even though the players testing positive aren't reporting symptoms or getting sick at all. The Brooklyn Nets finally caved in their refusal to allow Kyrie Irving to play, as he had refused vaccination, yet he immediately tested positive and entered COVID protocols with zero symptoms. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have returned receiver Antonio Brown to their roster after he served a three game suspension for using a fake vaccine card, even though he's still unvaccinated. The Cleveland Browns are starting their third-string quarterback in tonight's Monday Night Football game, as starter Baker Mayfield has failed to clear COVID-19 protocols with negative testing, regardless of the fact that he is fully vaccinated and experiencing zero symptoms. As a result of player shortages and rescheduled games, the National Football League has announced a change to its COVID protocols moving forward, and will no longer be testing vaccinated and asymptomatic players after 150 players were disqualified under COVID protocols, the vast majority of them being asymptomatic and experiencing zero sickness or symptoms this week. The outbreak hasn't been limited to sports as the virus is hitting high-profile, fully vaccinated and boosted politicians as well. Fully vaccinated, fully boosted Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren took to Twitter to complain and proclaim that she has tested positive for the Omicron variant. Similarly vaccinated, New Jersey Senator Cory Booker tested positive after a fundraising event with New Hampshire Democrats. New Hampshire Democrats like State Representative Rosemary Rung, who took to Twitter to decry the state's lack of mandates and complain that the governor not wearing a mask was a threat to the children, right before taking her own mask to take a selfie with and possibly transmit COVID to Senator Booker. 
That's all for this week's weekly update. So check in next Monday for the latest in the news. And so if you weren't clear, Lur from Omicron Percy I-8 is here to kill us all. Uh, what I saw after I put all that together earlier this morning was that the White House has come out full bore about Omicron variant telling people that we're going to die. Did yeah, you guys that see was, that one? Yeah, they put out a whole a whole press release. And there's a there's actually even a clip of a guy saying it where he's like, for the, for the vaccinated, you've done the right thing. We're going to get through this. For the unvaccinated... You're looking at a terrible winter where you and your families are going to die and overwhelm the hospital. It's like, wow, that's uh, I I look forward to seeing that data play out in real life. Do, do we get to fire that guy if he's wrong? Well, it's one hell of a way to start spreading holiday cheer as we get into the Christmas season and the new year. And I mean, we're well into what should be a normal flu season and things are still tempered and tapered after all of two years of not having a flu. And we only just got our first snow here in New Hampshire. Well, and I'm just going to live yeah. every day like it's my last at this point. Well, you know, Joe, go do all the things that I haven't gotten done yet. <laughs> so, Mari, what kind of things is We Heart West actually working on? Like, what you got? You guys have had some recent Christmas spirit we that have. you've done. Yeah. So, our recent project that we did was a community Christmas tree on the west side. Um, there's a beautiful trail on the west side called the Piscataquag River Trail, or the, it goes into the Gosstown Rail Trail. So we just found a tree out there and decorated it with um, ornaments I got off Craigslist. So we didn't buy them new. They're recycled. They're upcycled. And it was fun. It was cool. So not all libertarian activism has to be just taking it to the state and screaming at the school board. No, and that's that's why I've... The varying things that I do, I think We Heart West is my favorite because it's all about what we can do and build as a community and how we can help our community without needing the government to do it for us. And so it's just exemplifying that we can take our community into our own hands. We see trash in the street. We don't need to rely on the government to solve that problem. We can come together as you know community members and pick it up. Uh, we can spread the joy of Christmas out. Um, we did get a lot of, uh, we got a couple haters online about the Christmas tree. Haters? What could they possibly yeah. hate about it? Yeah. They asked us if we got permission to decorate the tree. Well, I think the most, <laughs> most certainly is not a libertarian answer to go get permission. Right. And so um, what was cool was there was like a couple of those and then so many people that I don't even know that are just you know normal community members said, hey, knock it off. This is so cool. We love this. We're excited to have the tree. This is such a dumb thing to say. So that was really neat. <laughs> you guys did put out an open invitation for members of the community, not just libertarians, not just We Heart West volunteers, just everyone on the West Side to come decorate the tree. Has it been spruced up even more? Have you gone so back I and checked? I have gone back and checked. I put some of my own ornaments up that um, kids at my son's co-op made, but I haven't gone since the snow. Um, so I'm excited <laughs> to go see if anyone's added their ornaments to it. So, and how, this is just like one example of things you guys have been doing. Mm -hmm. Like how long have you been going with We Are West and what kind of, what, what was it that I think made you guys want to start something like this? That's kind of what I said before. We just wanted to, just take the health of our community into our own hands. Like we don't need to mm -hmm. 
rely on anyone else to do that. And so we saw some issues on the west side. There was a lot of trash in the neighborhood. So we said, you know what, let's just get together and do these neighborhood cleanups. Um, so we organized about three years ago, started doing these, um, you know, every couple weeks cleanups. Just would put a blast out to the Facebook groups. And a lot of people started showing up, just bagging trash and cleaning up parks. And uh, we got a bunch of students from St. A's College to join us one year, um, various community members, local politicians. So that was kind of the first thing that we did because it's so easy to just take a bag and pick up trash. You know, there's not much activation effort to do that. You've even gotten me to go out and do it a couple of times. And uh -huh. that's hard because it's early in the morning and no, everyone knows I don't like to get out of bed. Yeah. And I remember you came after a particularly late night and you still <laughs> showed up to pick up trash. So yeah, it was helpful. It was yeah, good. so I, I love that you guys do this. So uh, my perspective, having just just found out about the whole Free State Project, I mean, I knew about it, but um, just just kind of found the community and joined up. I grew up on the West Side and I had no idea that that was going on. You know, I've like I've lived on the West Side. I guess I wasn't around, you know, as much since you guys started it. But it's great that now that I'm spending my time back on the West Side, thinking like I would never would have predicted in like 2010 or 2011 when I was first becoming a libertarian that I would move back to the West side and the people who would be cleaning up like rock Rimmon, which is one of my favorite places in town mm -hmm. would be like just, just the libertarian communities. It's also one of the only places where you can just walk around and you just see porcupines like on people's cars or like mm -hmm. in people's garages. I walk by in, in the alley, I got like a couple blocks from my house. There's like a porcupine, like just, like it says Liberty, just leaning against somebody's garage. So the west side of Manchester is a great, great place. If you're thinking about moving like to a to a city part of town, but not like the the city city part of it. It's like the suburbs. The perfect suburban homes are on the west side of Manchester. And there's plenty of porcupines around. Well, I think that really hits it. Is an organization like this based on liberty values and self-sustainability and taking care of your own neighborhood has thrived because of the community that already exists in West Manchester. Like you said, Mario, it's not just you and Patrick and Carla and Louie going out to clean up stuff every once in a while. You're getting locals who are getting involved and want to see their neighborhood cleaner and see their city become a brighter and healthier place. And that's because of the culture that's already here. And I think that's a big reason why so many of us end up landing and settling in West Manchester. Yeah, I didn't mean to end up in West Manchester. Um, I ended up buying a house here, but when I first moved to New Hampshire, I didn't think I'd be in Manchester at all. But once you start connecting with the community here, I mean, how can you leave that? It's amazing to be able to just walk down the street, go to the grocery store and just run into all these people that you know, not just people that you know, that people that share your values on like such a deeper level that I'm used to before. Um, you know, people where I know that they share the same principles as me, they have my back. So that feels really cool. Um, just walking down the street, like Bill, you're saying, you see porcupines everywhere, people that you know. So you can move here and all of a sudden you like, it's like you go and know everybody. And it's Yeah, I saw, I saw a great, great comment today. Uh, I think it was on the Free State Project Facebook page, which you guys should go check out. Um, it said, if you're considering moving to New Hampshire, moving to New Hampshire, you should move twice. It's like I said, everybody moves twice. Mm -hmm. Move to New Hampshire first to make your first 100 friends or your next 100 friends. 
and then you can move to a different town if you want to. And it's like, I think probably a lot of people move to New Hampshire and make those first 100 friends and the, or those next 100 friends and be like, wow, I'm going to stay here. This is awesome. <laughs> well, the, like, definitely. Like, I moved to Nashua when I first moved to New Hampshire because I didn't move for the Free State Project. I didn't move because of politics. I moved because of work and then ended up getting involved in the political community because people shared my values. And that's where I ended up finding my good friends. But it was only a couple of years in Nashville before it's like, I got to move to Manchester. All my friends are there. Mm-hmm. And I think in Manchester, you get the most diversity of people. Like you get a range of people with kids and families. You get the activists, you get the political people. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. It's some, there's something for everyone in Manchester. And, you know, you could say like, Bill, you're saying it's kind of more urban ish uh, in on the West side, but you can just go to Goffstown, like a town over and you're right. in, like, a quaint new England town. And it's, it's really nice. I mean, I'm really happy with, living here in manchester and and doing stuff for the community and getting involved in the community above and beyond just the libertarian stuff is like we are west has done so much more than just park cleanups and decorating trees like you guys also just had on halloween this trunk or treat thing what was that all about yeah so a lot of our focus lately has been community building so getting the word out that this organization exists, that we're there to take care of our neighborhoods, that we can do it ourselves, we can come together and do that. So this is kind of like a way to do something nice for the kids in the neighborhoods and kind of get families to come out and just spend time together, especially after Mm -hmm. the past couple of years of people just being in their homes and not sharing time with their neighbors. We really wanted to have an event that got people outside meeting their neighbors that they, I mean, they live next to each other and don't probably hardly ever talk to each other. So while this event happened, a bunch of kids from the apartment right next to the event came out with all their families. They were all excited. So they all got to hang out and meet each other. And yeah, it's it's been really nice to be able to reach out, not just to libertarians, but all of the residents on the West side. And this is something you guys were able to put together like during a year when the government was trying to regulate trick or treating. And trying to not let kids trick or treat. And again, you didn't ask permission to decorate a tree. You didn't ask permission to hold an event for the community. And people still came out. Yeah. So our trickiest, uh, most contentious community event was our uh, West Manchester Day. And that was because we did like a, a community celebration picnic in the park at Rock Rimmon on the west side. But we didn't get a permit from Parks and Rec. Uh, because we didn't need one. It was, you know, a picnic, bring your own food. So they ended up uh, circling with their cars to see what we were doing. They didn't end up stopping and we weren't doing anything that like was actually against any rules. But once again, we didn't ask permission to celebrate the community and get people to come out. Yeah, that's, that's a pretty cool event. Cause I feel like that's something, you know, you can set up uh, and, I don't know. I don't know why people would be opposed to it, but you can set up something like that. And like, that's again, what, you know, your average person is to say, did you get permission? Mm-hmm. And why do you need permission for that? And Park, Parks and Rec was like terrified. We were going to have food that would poison people. And well, I'm glad that it, <laughs> I'm glad that it, went the way that it did and didn't turn into a thing where like the mayor showed up with the police and was like, Hey, you gotta, 
the you mayor, know, you shut the it mayor down. did show up and so did the mayoral candidate. So we ended up, you know, telling parks, hey, leave us alone. We're not going to have food. It's a pack your own lunch picnic. We don't need a permit for this. Um, but we spread the word to the entire area uh, well enough that not only did the mayoral candidate, uh, Victoria Sullivan, show up, but um, Joyce Craig also showed up for a little bit. Yeah. So so it's pretty cool that, you know, in a town where people were, you know, they might ask for, if you need permission decorating a Christmas tree, two people or whatever. Actually, yeah. what happens is libertarians throw an event. It's all voluntary. The mayor shows up yep. because she, she feels like she should. Her mm -hmm. opponent shows up because now that, and they're competing for our attention at this point, yeah. which is like, where else is that happening? And also nobody even tried to shut it down. I went, no. it was great. They were playing, we were playing bocce ball. It was fun. Mm -hmm. I juggled. Yeah. We had tug of war. Oh yeah, I saw the tug of war. So Mark Warden has a question. Um, since you guys have been doing all this, since you've been reaching out to the community, have you had any muggles, as we like to call them, who have joined your ranks of regular volunteers? Yes, but not lasting. So we've had a few people just come, just volunteer once, and then they don't come back, which is often how a lot like of me. <laughs> 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 there you go. Um, but it's often how a lot of um other places I volunteered at, how the muggles have been of just, you know, you kind of just do it once, you do your little volunteer day, and then they haven't come back to do that. So hopefully we get more consistent attendance with people now that we're doing events to build that community camaraderie. Hmm. So Artemia also has a comment, public parks are just another tragedy of the commons. People fight over their use because of common property rights. And I, I think that gets to the root of what maybe you're trying to solve with We Heart West is giving people like an incentive to have ownership over the public mm -hmm. property mm -hmm. and to take care of it themselves and not leave it for the government to do. Right. Well, right. Go, go, go ahead. I have something to say about that after that. So I want to hear what you're going to say about this. Yeah. I mean, I look at it as these are our parks for us to enjoy on the West side. And so mm -hmm. instead of complaining about, you know, all the problems that they have, do something about it. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. So I, I love that. I absolutely love that. And I think ultimately it would be great because, you know, the city of Manchester doesn't do the, the best job of maintaining our parks. It would be great if Rock Rimmon was, Maybe a private park one day. It's the biggest park in the city. I would love for it to be. I mean, listen, if the school choice goes through and we ultimately like can make school choice or homeschooling or private schooling an option for every family in Manchester or in New Hampshire, then imagine what we could do if we tore down Northwest Elementary School and turned Rock Woman Rim into a water park, you know, make it a private park, make it awesome. Let's make it like a big attraction. Like Manchester has this big, awesome geographical feature why don't we turn it into something amazing i mean it is i love it it's my, i was there two days ago right before it snowed it was awesome but like it, it it has so much potential there and i love that like libertarians are coming out and voluntarily just showing up and like making it better in whatever way and one day if if all this goes through maybe we can own rock Rimmon and like make it like a like a libertarian haven so Rock Rimmon, I think, is, is a perfect example of the tragedy of the commons. And aside from like the park itself and the nice areas and the playground and the baseball field, if you actually go walk on the trails in Rock Rimmon back to the power lines, and there's some beautiful trails, some really nice walks, some short hikes, but they are destroyed with litter 
and garbage and trash and burned out vehicles. One day I was back there and we were trying to count the number of burned out vehicles. I don't know how somebody got a Toyota Corolla back there, but it's completely burned out and destroyed. And I don't know what kind of effort it would take to fix that. But is that something you could see We Heart West attacking long term if you got big enough? Yeah, I mean, definitely if we got big enough, it's something we would want to do. Our last cleanup at Rock Rimmon, you didn't even have to go that far to the power lines. I mean, just past the playground, I was cleaning up the weirdest things like porcelain plates and sweatshirts and, you know, just weird stuff that I don't understand why there was plates like out there. <coughs> um, but yeah, you find cars the further back you go. So we would love to get a whole team out there, more people to really do a thorough cleaning so that it would be more comfortable for families to use those trails and not, you know, come across an old mattress or an old burnt out car. What kind of infrastructure will we need to do that? Do you think though? I think the best thing is just people like all hands on deck with that kind of thing. Um, that would be a day where we would maybe need like dump trucks, um, you know, like some of those types of services and maybe some equipment, depending on how big the items are. But I think the biggest thing is just like people's, if people can donate their time to help us clean these areas up, that is huge. That goes so far. Yeah. Cause I don't say, I don't think me and Bill are going to be dragging a sedan three miles through the woods, uh, as it. much as it needs to be done. <laughs> I'll do it. If I got to do it. I'll do it. So, no, um, but what I will say is Rock Rimmon goes through, it goes through phases of, of being clean and go, being not clean, you know, like people, I don't think it's even just uh, free staters that do go out there, but there are definitely is like a lot of organized efforts, but like I went out there the other day, it was, it was pretty nice out there. I'm like, it, mm -hmm. I, people go out there and they do clean it up. Like there's a lot of love um, for that, but the further you go back, like under the power lines, which is where you would think that the state having to drive through with their, their state contract vehicles would take care of it. That's where like people really go out and party. But also if you want to go out and party, that's the place to go. I, I have partaken in quite a few good bonfire parties at the top of rock Rumen. Um, oh yeah. And those were hosted by locals, not by free staters. Um, one of the things like parks aside, you guys also just do general neighborhood cleanups like mm -hmm. the sidewalks, the alleys. We, we do live in a city. We, we do have trash pickup in our alleyways, not on the street side. Like, out, not the suburb where a lot of people live, but the heart of West Manchester really is a very, very condensed urban area where, unfortunately, there are things like needles on the ground because there's a high homeless population in the city as a whole. And it's a lot harder to get people to take ownership of cleaning up the public sidewalk in the alleyway than it is the nice, beautiful park over in Goffstown. So like, how have you approached, like once you guys have cleaned those up to try and get people to keep them clean? So I hesitate to completely blame the residents. If you pay attention on trash day and you watch the way those trash trucks pick up your cans, they spill so much trash everywhere. And so a lot of times people will get their trash into their cans, but then on trash day, it just flies out and it gets all over the streets. Um, so 
what we've been doing is when we do our, our neighborhood cleanups, occasionally we'll advertise them online or with um, local stores. And then just walking around the street, just talking to people as they watch us do it and say, hey, come join us. Like this is something we do every like twice a month or, um, you know, something that we're going to do next week. You should come to our next one. And so we've been trying to spread the word that way just to get people to think about it that like they can pick up the trash. Uh, you know, like that's that's a possibility, even if they're the, not the ones that created the problem. Um, I know that the trash trucks have been pretty nasty. Um, but yeah, they, they oftentimes people will join us. They've brought us water. We've had people bring us donuts as we're doing cleanups. Uh, we just added six um, doggy pickup stations. So they have like little doggy bags. Yeah. Pet way stations. Um, there is a problem with a lot of dog feces in West Manchester. Um, so those are getting used a lot. But now, the other, yeah, those are those are great. Is that something you guys had to ask the city for permission for? Or did you no, just go that's ahead and on, do it? Those are on um, private lots. So we were able to just go ahead and do that. And then we maintain them ourselves. We've already had one of those signs taken, which is unfortunate. But we've also had a lot of people using our bags, which is great. Um, but I think the biggest thing to answer your question is like, how do we get people to be more involved in the residential pickups is the business owners. Um, I was walking up and down Kelly street, talking to them about West Manchester day and we heart West and they were all really excited. And they all told me that they clean out their front storefront areas on Kelly street every day. They sweep it, they clean it. They take a lot of pride. A lot of them have been there for 20 years. So that's already something that exists on the west side. It's just something that I want to spread and have people talking about. Yeah, as Artemia points, it's there. It's in their interest because it drags business in, and we would think it's in our interest as residents to keep the place that we live nice. And I, that's what's great about people doing it. Now, have you guys ever actually gotten any pushback from the city for the cleanups? Yeah. No. Because I know in some places, like out in Oregon, um, when people tried to do guerrilla cleanups of their neighborhoods, they'd get fined. And the city would send them notices to cease and desist and tell them they weren't allowed to fix things and weren't allowed to help because it took away jobs from the union city workers. Mm. No, we actually, we haven't been bothered by the city at all. Um, the only time they really got involved was, you know, the mayor came and hung out with us at our West Manchester day. Um, but as far as the cleanups go, no, everyone's been super excited and supportive. Now, do you guys brand yourself as free staters when you do this stuff? Or is it just a local organization that free staters happen to be a part of? So, yeah, I mean, it's not under the Free State Project. Um, it is its own, you know, nonprofit organization, We Heart West. Some of us happen to be free staters. Some of the people that help happen to be free staters. But it's not just for free staters. It's not just about, you know, Get involving, you know, free staters only. It's supposed to be for the whole West Side community. I like that. And like, do you guys I feel like? I feel like in the next couple of years, you know, you started what in was it twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen? You said three years, right? Three years, yeah. It's you know, kind of just before COVID started. So I feel like you, a couple more years of momentum, you'll really see a lot of people getting sucked in. It'll really be a cultural, like, movement toward like, oh, look at these guys; they're doing so much, and you know for the reputation that I think the, the progressives like to develop for free staters or libertarians or whoever, 
to have more organizations under our belt like this, where it's like, look, these people are just, it's a purely charitable organization. It's run by some free staters, but they're letting, they're helping out the whole community and the community loves it. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, that's a great thing to have going on. And I think a couple more years of momentum because the West side day, I'm blown away. I never imagined that my side of town would have its own day. You know, that's silly. It's silly, but it's true, right? It's yeah. like there's a yeah. whole day. Just like, there's no East Side Day. Right. They don't have that. You know, so it's great. Like the, the, things like that, and people will be excited. You know, the people came out to West Side Day. I'm sure next year there will be more people at West Side Day. You know, mm-hmm. so well, I think for for just regular, what do the person say? Like normies. Um, I hope that when they see, <laughs> when they see just, you know, like regular uh, people on the West side that maybe aren't necessarily free staters, I hope that they see this organization, they get excited, they feel empowered to do something for their own community um, and that that's okay. They don't need permission, that they can go ahead and improve things on their own with their, you know, neighbors. Um, but I think that what I'd like to see libertarians get out of this is sometimes we get wrapped up on what we don't want. Uh, There's a lot of protesting and frustration about things that we see going wrong. And so I hope that people look at We Heart West and they see that, okay, maybe we can put a lot of energy towards something that we do want. Um, You know, we can live our values and our principles. We can act in a way that, you know, does something to help others without being forced to do that. And I think that that's probably the most important thing that we can do as libertarians. Now, Katie uh, did make the comment that the folks at the Shell tried to get together at the park across the street, and they noticed that their gazebo needed some major love and trees trimmed, and they asked for permission to fix it up, and we can guess the outcome there. Um, to which Artemia no. says, just do it anyways. Now, <laughs> you guys have never asked for permission from We Are West, as far as I'm aware. You just kind of started doing it, and you started doing it with cleanups around the Quill uh, oh. and the... Um, Rimmon Heights neighborhood, and it's just kind of grown from there into a big more mission. I think there's something to be said about like once you start doing something that people see has a positive impact, if you didn't ask for permission in the first place, it's a heck of a lot harder to turn around and tell you to stop doing it, right? Than it is to mm-hmm. deny permission to do it in the first place. Yeah, if you ask for permission, they say no, and then you do it, and they're like, well, you disobeyed us. Sure, it might be good right now, but look at what could might, could come from it. And then if you just do it, and they don't notice, or people start joining in, it becomes like a thing that people are excited about. You've built your momentum. So now if they say no, more and more people are upset, and it's actually like, it's harder to pull off to say for them to say no to you. Right. Yeah, and I mean, the more people we get involved, and they're excited about what we're doing... Um, you know, it, it's hard to shut it down. I mean, what are they going to say? We don't want you cleaning up your neighborhoods. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, what other kinds of things that you guys, you've done park cleanups, you've done the alleyways and the street cleanups, you've done the pet stations, you held West Manchester Day, you held uh, trunk or treat for the kids. What else is on your plate and what other ideas do you have? So I would love to see more um, educational outreach things like maybe some programs for kids in the community, maybe some entrepreneurial programs, uh, doing like a lemonade stand day or some sort of like kids market day in the park. So that's something I'd like to see. Um, It's a little tricky with winter right now and the logistics of that, but uh, we're gonna keep doing the cleanups for as long as we can. And then just whatever ideas that come to the different board members and people that help. 
We'll see. I think a, a kids market day would be incredible. Teaching, yeah. having, getting all the kids out there to set up their own business, are like competing lemonade stands all in one spot, or cookie stands, or brownies, or whatever else they're doing. But then you're not only making use of the park you just cleaned up, but you're giving the kids a lesson in entrepreneurship and getting out and doing their thing too. Yeah, and that's something that I hope to see more of just for kids in general is those opportunities for, for them to kind of like test out business ideas and entrepreneurship at a young age. While it's not like a big deal to fail at selling cookies, you know, they can do that <laughs> at that age and learn those lessons before oh, they get too old. Mark Warden says he'd pay a kid to shovel his driveway. And I will say that's one thing that I don't know if it's been different here in New Hampshire than it was where I lived in Massachusetts growing up or if just times have changed. I don't see kids shoveling driveways anymore. And when I grew up, that was so commonplace. It was like I looked forward to it as a like 10 or 12-year-old. I'm like, all right, Snow, I'm going to make 60 bucks today. Mm-hmm. Right. So those yeah, kids but- can hustle because – there aren't a lot of kids doing that right now. So then the ones that do, they've got an edge. So we had a 14 year old just helping us out with yard work. And he had like five clients. I mean, he was booked solid. Everyone wanted to work for them. Cause you know, he like, I mean, we paid him well, but we, we didn't pay him like, you know, gardener rates that you would for a, a full company to come out and do that. So it was great. Yeah, he was able to come out and he had so much work. I think if more kids looked into that, they'd be doing pretty good. I mean, maybe that's something. Maybe maybe We Heart West could hold a uh, neighborhood kids job fair. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be cool. Who's walking dogs? Who's shoveling driveways? Who's raking leaves in the fall? Because that's a nightmare out in suburban areas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's so much to be done in these communities that people aren't doing. Well, what about this? Is a thought that struck me. You know, at Pork Fest, they have that newspaper that the kids deliver. What yeah. about a newspaper <laughs> that we could make? I don't know what that would cost that uh, kids could deliver and charge whatever they wanted for that we put that's, out. Yeah. We could put out, we could put out libertarian news and then kids could deliver it and make money <laughs> off of it and as much at whatever rate they wanted to just a thought i don't know well, I, I think that's a perfect example of like libertarian kids who are raised this way and raised in this community being the industrious ones i was swindled for a newsletter at Porkfest, and i didn't find out until after the fact that mo had been printing up those newsletters and paying the kids to distribute them and then at some point, one of the kids got smart and said, hey, why don't we charge people for the newsletters too? So I actually think he gave them for free and that he yeah. told them they could charge right. what they wanted. Right. And That's so what I some, thought too. So like I got like from the little, little kids, they would just ask for a dollar. But then the older kids, especially later in the day and the newspapers were hard, hard to come by, yeah. they were charging a lot more. So maybe that's... Well, Why you got and sometimes in the morning, like there'd be a kid there selling one for a dollar yeah. and then you'd be like, all right, I'll buy it. And then you'd be walking down the street. Another kid be like, Hey, mister, you want to buy a newspaper for five bucks? I'm like, okay, two <laughs> things. First off, I got one right here. Second, $5 kid, $5. You realize like there's a guy down there and he's selling for 20% of that. There was one kid who wouldn't take anything less than a gold back. Oh, oh nice. Hilarious. That's and funny. he was preferring goldbacks, and he he made out like a bandit. Because so everyone... you can't make change for a single goldback, right? So imagine if kids were delivering newspapers for crypto. 
mm-hmm. you know, and what how that could pay off for him in the future potentially. Yeah, my son found out about the the first round of child stimulus, the six hundred dollars for the kids, and he was like, <laughs> he's like, that's mine, and I was like, no, it's for me to like pay for your food and stuff, and he's like, no, I want it, and I'm like, all right, what are you gonna do with it? And so he put he put it in Bitcoin. And it was was like an insane, like he made so much money and I was like, okay, well, (laughs) spend it on candy, but good for you. That's awesome. I did see one of the things you mentioned on the We Heart West website about ideas is scholarships for West High students to attend trade school. Mm -hmm. I I think that hits on this, like kind of the industrial spirit of kids has been lost and kids aren't working. And a lot of that's to do with public education and things that you're kind of countering with your work for moms with moms for Liberty as well. Yeah. I mean, I see it also working in the trades. Uh, My husband and I own a construction company and the past 20 years, there's been a huge push by colleges to sell college to kids. And now there's, a deficiency in trade labor. And so there's all these college students with all this debt, they can't get jobs to pay off the debt. And then you can be a plumber and make $100,000 a year. And so I think we're gonna see a shift in that, um, in kids being more interested in the trades. So it's, it's something that I would really like to see more of with all the labor shortages happening right now. I think getting into the trades could be great. My mom got in trouble once at work. She's a she's a nurse and a guidance counselor at a voca- vocational school, a vocational high school in Massachusetts. And she asked me to ghostwrite a letter to the editor for her because she couldn't think of what she wanted to write. And I wrote about how tra- trade schools and voc schools getting their federal funding contingent on college placement rates was mm-hmm. fundamentally misunderstanding the purpose of trade schools and voc schools. Oh, yeah. And that they're a trade school being punished for having a high dropout rate between junior and senior year when it should be celebrated that the majority of those kids are competent enough in their field of study to go straight into an apprenticeship before they graduate. Right. And to also understand that you don't just learn the trades in school and there's, you know, real life learning going on, which I, I don't think has been celebrated recently. A lot of it is just holding kids in this like perpetual childhood through college. They don't do anything in the real world. I will say one of the things the West Side definitely has going for it is there's a very, there's definitely a culture of like agorism where it's just companies just doing their work. And there's, there's kids who are probably working for their parents whenever, you know, it's appropriate and people, people dropping out of school might be doing it because they're like, ah, my dad needed help. You know, it's like, there, there's definitely like a lot of small, just like locally owned West side businesses. They're like, we're, we're doing our thing here. And it's so much less about um, whether there's a degree or any of that. Like there's, there's a lot of tr- trade opportunities, you know, there's tire shops and like a little, like little small town, like family owned businesses like that right on the West side, all over the place, just like scattered in all the little neighborhoods. It's kind of very cool. Well, those are the guys that will actually take the time to hire like a 14 or 15 year old. You know, you're not going to get like a big corporation doing that. But a lot of these small mom and pop businesses, they'll hire their kids, their kids' friends for the summer. They'll teach them how to do a few things around the shop. And then those kids get that hands-on experience that a lot of kids are lacking these days. But you don't see that in the bigger 
businesses, which are, yeah, like a, you know, dominating. Yeah, right. Like a college kid could come come work at like, um, you know, John and Son's Tires or whatever, maybe for, for his summer. No problem. If he was like, oh, I'm just a neighborhood, neighborhood kid who was around here. You know, you got some work for me, Mr. Mr. What I don't know what the guy's last name is, but you could then go go work at the neighborhood tire shop. Just being a kid, there's enough small businesses. It's all local. It's a very tight knit community. There's restaurants that are staples of like 50, 60 years. How long has Shave I Sean been open, for example? Like that's oh, that's forever. a free state yeah. frequented <laughs> uh, restaurant. But it's like it's a very tight knit community. So there's all all of those opportunities here. Now, aside from so the cleanups, the agorism the uh, revitalizing the working ethic of the youth in the cities all incredible all fantastic things that i think the city needs the state needs the country needs the community needs most of all and that's what you're doing and that's a fantastic thing has there been any ideas of using we heart west as in an organizational capacity to maybe expanding to other areas that libertarians have targeted uh, in government funding, because we're all about slashing government funding, and everyone's question is all about, well, how who's going to do it if the government's not doing it? And the answer lately is We Heart West is doing it. Like, We Heart West is picking up the dog poop in the park. We Heart West is picking up the trash in the alleyways. It, would We Heart West do things like feed the homeless, um, have shelter drives for cold winters, set up funds to help people with emergency assistance for fuel and stuff in the winter and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, those are all great ideas that we're hoping to do. It's just a matter of building that momentum, yep. building up to that, but we definitely don't want to just stop here at, you know, a few cleanups in the neighborhood. We definitely want to take it to the next level and um, relieve the burden on the government. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, offer, offer an alternative way to address problems in our community. So I would love to see that. I would love to see, you know, community centers that we can do different outreach programs at. I think it'd be really cool. So there used to be a great libertarian fueled drive every year around Thanksgiving to get meals to the needy and coats and care packages to people for the winter called Shire Sharing that kind of fell to the wayside because it was centered around an individual, a single person who that was their identity. It was their project. And when they kind of had a falling out with some people and let personal drama get in the way of fulfilling the needs that they were fulfilling, I think that's something where we heart West could step up as an organization and not as an individual to really bring back that spirit of giving and community. Cause the Shire sharing used to be something you'd get a hundred libertarians from all over the state, just descending into a warehouse to pack bags and dinners for the homeless. And it was incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's such a great thing to do, especially that time of year, because that's when people are really thinking about the holiday spirit, but mm -hmm. I would like to see that type of spirit the rest of the year um, and just figure out a way to, you know, build that kind of, <laughs> momentum at other times not just not just on thanksgiving or christmas but to do it other times um but yeah are you suggesting we start doing a shire sharing drive i, I, I think it'd be fantastic i, I think it'd be super fun and it might be a great way for you to drum up more support from outside the community mm -hmm. and get pe more people involved like i said that was something that used to get hundreds of us together before and when you build your volunteer base by giving them something to do, they are more likely to show back up, aren't they? As you've yeah. seen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I love that. 
One of the ideas I've had, and I've joked about this for a while and haven't followed through with it because I'm terrible at planning things, as you know, um, is it's illegal to feed the homeless. You can't have a party in the park without a permit. And I've thought it would be hilarious and super fun to throw a gorilla feed the homeless barbecue in Veterans Park in Manchester, mm-hmm. not ask permission, just a bunch of people showing up with grills, get a bounce house for the kids, and just make a big day of it and feed everyone that shows up. Yeah, I think if you get enough people, I mean, kind of what are they going to do? And an example of that <laughs> is um, when Trump had all those rallies in Manchester, there was right. this whole caravan of people that would sell wares on the street. Just oh, they were selling them on the highway exit ramps. Yeah, yeah, yeah everywhere. <laughs> was... they, didn't, they didn't permits to do that, but there were no. so many that showed up to like sell their, you know, Trump T-shirts and like their flags and stuff. They, it's the people just didn't say anything. They're just like, okay, this is this is what's happening. So I think that if you did a huge barbecue and had a lot of people out, yeah, I think it could be fun. You can't arrest everybody. Right. Well, they can try, but yeah. it'll be real fun to see them try and arrest people for just having a good time with their neighbors at the park. And it's really bad PR <laughs> to arrest those people. You know what I'm saying? Like really bad PR. So so what kind of other stuff are you working on, Mario? I know you're involved with Moms for Liberty and everything that's been going on with them lately. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything else you've been doing lately? I'm on the outreach committee for the Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, and I'm planning a Libertarians versus Republicans hockey event. I'm excited for that one. I'm really excited for that. Tickets aren't on sale yet, though, are they? January 1st on Eventbrite. We'll have tickets on sale. It's $10 a ticket. Kids are free. Um, And from 4 to 5.30 is the game. And then at 5.30, we have open skate till 6. So you can just bring your skates, use the rink, um, it should be really fun. We've got 15 players on the Libertarian team. Our jerseys are on the way. The Republican team is getting stronger. So I'm really excited. I think it'll be fun, especially with a lot of the you know shutdowns of um, sporting events. We're having our own. And that's the thing about being out here is that we don't need to rely on you know what we're allowed to do what we're mandated to do we can create our own events our own community privately and still enjoy things like an ice hockey game yeah there's the old uh the old saying ask for forgiveness not for permission new hampshire we don't have to do either (laughs) just do it i have to say so we're having our hockey game at the um local city rink and I have had to work with the city to reserve the hockey rink for it. Gotcha. And they have, they've been really cool. They've been great, which is nice. Cause you know, I live in this city. I don't want to have problems everywhere. So right. working with the city on this project actually has been really nice. They've been super supportive and I told them what it was for. And they're just like, cool. Sounds awesome. So <laughs> it's, like, okay. it, it, it's someone using the facility. I mean, yeah. In the end, what what you're doing is actually justifying the facility's existence. And I don't think anyone's going to say it shouldn't exist. The city probably shouldn't be in management of it. But, like, how often does it get used? Right. 
during hockey season it gets used a lot it was pretty right. tough to get reserved but yeah yeah it's, it's open not, year round and right. it's not used all that often right. and especially the past two years with covid mm-hmm. like without the community going in to take advantage of it and take make use of it mm-hmm. and it's the same thing with the parks yeah uh, Mark Warden wants to know if the hockey game is open carry. Uh, <laughs> sure, I think so. <laughs> so I mean, I, I, New Hampshire's no open carry. To. Yeah, yeah, I mean, right. it's going to be a room full of libertarians and Republicans, so I would expect to see some of that. Yeah. And what are we raising money for? So Children's Scholarship Fund, it is a charity game. Mark is actually one of our sponsors. Thank you, Mark Warden, for your gold sponsorship. Um. So yeah, we're raising money for the Children's Scholarship Fund that's been just amazing in promoting school choice in New Hampshire. And it is something that the the Republicans and Libertarians can come together and support. I mean, we still want to beat the Republicans, but we're all there for the charity. Right. We want to win. (laughs) I'm there for a fun time and an excuse to hang out with friends. (laughs) I'm going to go. I can't skate. I'll be there. I haven't skated in over a decade. I might give it a try. Yeah. Do you guys have skates? No. I do. Okay. Yeah. When I moved to New Hampshire, I had to really embrace winter sports. So I do recommend if anyone is planning on moving here, get some cheap skates and you can just go pond skating whenever you want. And if anybody's hesitant about moving here because they don't like the winters, Mari came from California and Central America. Mm -hmm. And now she's a winter expert planning a hockey game. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling my husband, I was like, I'm such a New Englander now. I just took ski lessons uh, yesterday. And so I I can barely ski. I have my ice skates in the back of my car and like 10 minutes from my house in Manchester, there's a pond that the city clears and I just ice skate whenever it's, you know, frozen enough. And then, yeah, we're planning this hockey game. So I've actually been really excited for winter this year, which is amazing because I'm a Southern California girl. And before we moved here, we lived in Central America for three months. So it was pretty shocking, but it's been really fun. I really like it. I remember your first winter, you called me one night very, very upset that you couldn't get your car up a hill and threatened to move back to California. (laughs) So so a friend of mine offered a save save a pork uh, driver's class (laughs) to teach like porcupines from Florida or California how to drive in the winter. And so that was really cool. So he just like took me out for two hours in winter conditions. We kind of like practiced in a parking lot, did some donuts, like got out nice. on the road. Yeah, yeah. And I tell when I tell New Englanders this, I'm like, oh my god, I had to take like, a <laughs> winter driving class to be able to deal with this. They just think it's hilarious. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you took it. You know, this, we usually get mad at people like you on the road if you haven't taken it with the New England driving class. Well, here's the thing again. Yeah. I don't see that's not something you see offered by the state. Right. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, that was that was within our community and it I was able to do it and it was great because I was like, we gotta leave. We're done. I can't <laughs> I can't do this. I tell that story to friends all the time when they're saying, Oh, it's too cold, it's too cold. I'm like, you're gonna bitch for one winter and yeah. then you're gonna be a pro. Yeah, and you get really used to it. And I do love, you know, buying a whole new winter wardrobe and enjoying scarves and hats and you get to be cute too so that's kind of nice 
Now, does We Heart West have any winter plan up or winter activities planned? We haven't in the past, um, but I am thinking about maybe doing like some shoveling projects or things, you know, to help people in winter. But I think we need to talk to I need to talk to the board to see if there's any other ideas on how we can make that happen. So I, I mean, I think it might be difficult to get, but I, I the city if they're doing their job should keep a list of the elderly and people who are on some kind of life support system or have difficulty getting around. I know this cause I used to work for the government back when I lived in Massachusetts. And part of my job as an emergency manager was making sure that during blizzards and power outages, we made sure that they had someone checked up on. And if there was a power outage, we could get them to the hospital. Maybe it'd be possible to get a list of those people and have their driveways shovel their plowed or taken care of for them or their front steps in the cities or the sidewalks in front of their house when they're not going to be able to do it. I love that idea like so much. I didn't even know that like you could possibly figure out who needs that kind of help. But yeah, if, if I can get a list and we can get, you know, people out there during a snow day to help people access their cars or leave their homes, that would be such a cool thing to do. Even if it's just a sign up, even if you can't get the list from the city, it's like sign right. up, tell us why you need help doing it. And we're going to mm -hmm. try and get some industrious 14 year olds over there to help shovel out your driveway. Yeah. Yeah. And Matt and Brittany would probably have their own list of people that they know mm -hmm. would need that. Um, yeah. We can see. Yeah. yeah. We can see what we could do. That's a great idea. I really like that. So, I mean, I'll be out there in my sandals. I'll help. Um, <laughs> Justin, Justin's a true New Englander. He never wears pants. Uh, only shorts all year round. Shorts I, all year round. I grew up in this weather. It gets too hot in the summer for me, and I keep threatening to go to Canada for the summer. So I, I just really want to. I really want to uh, shamelessly sell the West Side to anybody considering moving to Manchester right now. Um, there's there's Rock Rimmon, which is the biggest park in town, and Free Staters help clean it up regularly. Uh, it's like a big, it's like a 150 foot rock with a great view of the city. And it's like a bunch of trails and uh, soccer fields and uh, baseball fields around it. And there's a river that runs through. There's also the bike trails that Mari mentioned earlier, which are great. They run all the way into Goffstown. I think even past that into like New Boston and where they run all the way actually to like Londonderry. They run through several towns. If you skip a couple towns, they run all the way up to the seacoast. So like that's great. There's like miles and miles of biking and, and walking and stuff you can do and a bunch of trails. Um and yeah, walking around, you see porcupines all the time. It's it's amazing. You know, I, I I love it. I grew up here and it's like it's still great. And there's no it's the best side of Manchester, and there's nowhere I I don't think in New Hampshire where you can live where there's a higher concentration of porcupines. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you definitely gotta get here. And if you haven't moved yet, come for a visit. And when you do come for a visit, make sure you check out fsp.org slash calendar. You can find a Liberty event, a meetup, a park cleanup, something going on almost every day of the week, every week of the month, including weekends, where you can come out and meet your fellow libertarians, fellow porcupines, and get involved with the community that's going to make you want to stay here. Uh, this past weekend out on the seacoast, Dennis Pratt, Stephen Nass, and the fine folks over the show put on a great Liberty bus tour in the Sample the Seacoast weekend. And you can check out seacoastwelcome.org for all the events and stuff that they're planning to get people out on the seacoast, or as they like to call it, the free coast of New Hampshire. 
Um, and the, I know they just had a couple great comedy nights with Robbie Bernstein. Uh, people showed out by the dozens to go enjoy those. And yeah, that was out. awesome. And uh, if you need help planning your trip, planning your visit, fsp.org slash visit new NH. You can get in touch with FSP volunteers who can help you put the pieces together to get you here for a visit before you come. And a perfect time to do that is going to be for the Liberty Forum. First weekend in March, the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, um, one of the better conferences of the year. Uh, if you like Freedom Forum, if you like the pavilion side of Pork Fest, if you want to learn about how things are getting done in New Hampshire and how free staters and movers and shakers are making things work, absolutely come check that out. Also, we have the Free State Crypto Meetup, the longest running cryptocurrency meetup in the world. They're getting ready for their coming uh, 500th consecutive meetup they're selling tickets for it online you can only purchase them in cryptocurrency i've already got mine make sure you get yours and come hang out in manchester with some great crypto enthusiasts and free staters uh you'll be able to pay your bill in crypto that night at the restaurant it's going to be a time you don't want to miss and if you want to keep up to date with what we're doing and everything going on check out free state project on twitter at free state nh or over on fsp.org and learn more about what mari is doing weheartwest.org if you guys want to learn how you can get involved they got links right up on their website how you can get involved they like they need volunteers they need donors help them get it you can get we Heart west gear they've got a merch shop if you just want to brand yourself as supporting them and you're too lazy to get out of bed and go help like i am sometimes you can always support their mission and always make sure they're funded so that they can get these projects done and they can help build the community and make it a better place. Mari, is there anything else you want to let people know before we sign off? I hope you move here and join our cleanups. Thanks for having right. me. This has been a great conversation. Thank you for coming out, Mari. Thank you for joining us tonight. Bill, where can everybody follow you? Uh, same place as usual. Bill's a joke. Uh, and the West side, come to the West side. It's the best side of All right. New Hampshire. If you guys want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at O'Donnell4NH. Hold over tag. Never going to get rid of it. And check out my other show, O'Donnell for Liberty. Uh, airs Tuesday or Wednesday nights, once a week. And we talk a lot about the Free State Project and the Liberty Movement as a whole. And how the Free State Project is winning where it's losing elsewhere and why people should get here to New Hampshire. Um, look forward to that follow. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Thank you for all the comments and questions in chat. And until next time, be free. Thank you.